He is a holy God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who have enjoyed from eternity perfect unity within the Trinity, perfect peace and harmony. He cannot, he will not tolerate disunity in his presence. We have been brought from the disunity of this world and of our own hearts and the destruction and deception of the devil. And instead of dissolving, we've been pulled together by God who's made us his own through faith and now calls us brothers. So Paul says, brothers and sisters, rejoice. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. June 4th, 2023, 2 Corinthians 13, 11-14. Not sure if you noticed it. Maybe it was bothering some of you. Maybe you didn't notice it. For those that did, it probably stood out a bit. Something out of place. There. I did that beforehand to see if you might notice and to bring out a point. We like to have things lined up. We like things to be symmetrical and in unison and to be in perfect unity, don't we? It's just, maybe it's something with the artistic eye or something about the way that we enjoy having things work well together. You know, the scriptures call for more than simply an an outward appearance of unity, such as a, a candle on the altar being put in the right spot. No, the scripture calls for complete unity in mind and in spirit. How's that kind of a unity possible? Well, today we consider the words of our God as we see what the Apostle Paul wrote at the closing portion of his second letter to the Corinthians. And there we see how our triune God brings us perfect peace, grace, fellowship, He brings us unity with himself and with each other. You know, when you're you're reading in the New Testament and you look at the early picture of the, the Christian church, you almost might get the picture, especially as you start out in the book of Acts, you might think that the perfect church existed only in the early church and that there they had perfect unity. And isn't that what we see? You look in the book of Acts and there they are. They're all given the gift of the Spirit. They're all speaking together, yes, in many different languages, as the Spirit enabled them, but the same message. And as they gather together, Paul de, or Luke rather describes them in the New Testament as they all shared everything in common, and they daily devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. And you might look at that and think, wow, the, the early church really had it down. They knew unity and peace. But actually, if you dig a little bit further, you see not even that church was free from the division and disunity that creeps into the church. In fact, as you look at what Paul writes in the letter to the Corinthian congregation, you see there were, in fact, divisions. Paul had to write in his first letter to them not to have factions. Some of them were so divided that they were choosing which pastor they would follow and putting in and pitting them against one another. Others were saying that they were so superior and enlightened that they didn't follow any of their God-given pastors. And then Paul writes on in the letters, we see they struggle to be unified in worship, 
They struggle to be unified in their Christian teaching and practice and how they celebrate the Lord's Supper. And the roles of men and women have caused divisions and arguments and what they do in their form of worship has division. So Paul had to write a rebuke about that division. And he had to warn them against it and instruct them against that disunity. And that's why we we see, even as Paul writes a couple months later, he writes 2 Corinthians, even as he closes the letter, he's still concerned. They haven't attained what they ought. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. As some translations put it, be made completely perfect. Encourage one another. Be of one mind, live in peace. The word here, encourage one another, is actually be encouraged and be of one mind. Not just outward show or display of unity, but in thought too. And strive for full restoration, full perfection, completeness. That's how he closes his letter. You see, the the Corinthian Christians he knew hadn't yet reached unity and they still would struggle. And maybe you're familiar with this too, right? How pretty much every congregation since and throughout history in the Christian church has faced these problems. Though we have God's gifts and we have what he's poured out in our hearts, we still are not completely united. We certainly see divisions between church bodies because of false teaching. But even within churches that walk together in teaching, we still see congregations divide. Maybe you've experienced that. Not pointing any fingers here, but you've probably served on some committee and somebody in that committee has to say, no, 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 we don't want them here. They're part of the blue carpet committee. We're, we're the purple carpet people. We see how silly it is, right? Sometimes the arguments over those, those trifle things, or maybe it's the form of worship as the Corinthians struggle, and they'll say, I really like that purple hymnal. I don't like the orange hymnal. And suddenly divisions start to form. Instead of being united in word and thought, something that really shouldn't divide, starts to divide. And of course, it goes further. The division can be over something greater and cause further rifts. And what initially was dividing that shouldn't have divided causes factions. And no longer are people united in practice, mind or thought. There's disunity. And instead of serving together and being of one mind, there's single-mindedness. Sure, we've all experienced it. How can this happen? Well, it shouldn't surprise us when we look at the rest of our lives and the rest of the world, right? The Christian home where husband and wife are supposed to be the closest earthly relationship there is, we find disagreements, even weighty arguments, sometimes ones that can't be resolved. And we also see how people that are serving on the same team, even though they're getting paid millions of dollars and they're, they're being paid to work together with their teammates, they just can't get along, even though they're on the same team. What's wrong with this world? What we see is what's in every human heart. What Paul knows was affecting the Christian church and affects the church today. He writes, finally, strive for full restoration. Encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace. And Paul not only wants them to be of one mind, he wants them to show it. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Strive not only 
to maintain unity, but let it be seen in your actions and in your life. But the problem we have isn't just that disunity between other people, is it? That stems from a greater problem. We read earlier about the wonders of creation as God formed this world and created man and woman. He said everything was very good. Perfect unity. We know what happened. Man and woman turned against their God. And it's after that we see them turning against one another. See, we, we can't have and enjoy, we cannot attain unity in the church because we cannot even attain unity with our God. And by our own efforts, we find ourselves divided not just from each other, but divided from him. When God looks on this world and he sees, even in his church, such disunity, what ought he to do? He is a holy God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who have enjoyed from eternity perfect unity within the Trinity, perfect peace and harmony. He cannot, he will not tolerate disunity in his presence. That's what we see as Paul writes, it's not something for us to attain. And perfect unity in spirit and mind and perfect peace is ours, not by what we attain. He says, finally, Brothers, you're translated brothers and sisters. You see, we are part of a family, made to be the family of God through faith. So we can call one another in the church brothers and sisters in Christ. We have been brought from the disunity of this world and of our own hearts and the destruction and deception of the devil. And instead of dissolving, we've been pulled together by God who's made us his own through faith and now calls us brothers. So Paul says, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage. Be of one mind. Live in peace. How is this possible? Listen to Paul's blessing. He says, how this peace was won and attained through our triune God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. It is the grace of Christ that brought unity. He saw how much division, destruction in this world that was not united or had no peace, but the Son of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, came down and became the chosen one as he took on human flesh in the name Jesus, Savior. And though he was rich, for our sakes he became poor. And so that we might attain the richness of God the Son of God laid aside all that greatness and wealth to bring us to God. That's grace. Paul says it's the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that is with you. The grace that gave an undeserved love that he would step in our place and though we deserved in our disunity to be separated from God, he was on the cross so we might be with God. That's grace, undeserved love. More than that, he says the, the love of God that is God the Father. Though we are by nature separated from God, God the Father in his great love for this world planned our salvation, sent his son down to this world, gave up his one and only son so he might gain a family of believers around the world redeemed through his son. That's the love of God, that he would let go of his greatest possession he didn't argue, he didn't care, he, he knew the great price 
and yet he gave it in love for this world. That's the love that we now have with God our Father, adopted into his family. And finally, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Separate from God, we've been brought to him as the Spirit called us to be God's own. The Spirit opened our eyes to see the wonderful grace of Christ and the love of God, and the Spirit, through faith, made us part of God's own and brought us into perfect unity with our Lord, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So now what? Brothers and sisters in Christ, strive for full restoration, aim for perfection. If you see something that is broken in the church or something that's broken in your Christian home, strive for unity. With the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the grace of Christ, maintain, give, pour out that unity that God has given you. Don't be content with a little bit of argument or division. Rather, he says, be encouraged or encourage one another. Just as God brought us to faith and encouraged us with this good news, we are to encourage each other and build each other up. Be of one mind. God brought us to be one with him. And the only way we can be one is not by striving for our own ways or our own ideas. No, being of one mind comes as we are united in the word of God. It's only by his word that we can gather and be united around the truth. And it's only as we grow together in the word of God that we can truly not only be together, sing praises together, but actually be one together and one in thought and heart and live in peace. Brothers and sisters, we live in peace as we have God's peace. He's brought us to peace with himself and now with each other. The Apostle Paul adds in here, greet one another with a holy kiss common practice in the Mediterranean world. Perhaps in our day, it's more like a handshake. But see, that's not like a handshake in the business world. That's not a mere greeting of being cordial. This is something that expresses a unity that comes from God. When Christians greet one another, whether it's a handshake or in other parts of the world, a warm greeting of a hug or a kiss, it doesn't matter. When you give that expression, it is expressing something that this world cannot attain. It is from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a unity, a peace that comes from our God. You know, we weren't like a, a candle that was merely out of place. No, we were on the dirt, upside down, and our light was snuffed out. And God brought us back to where we belong, put us in a position of grace that he now calls us his own, and we are once again aflame as we have the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May this love from our triune God, which brought us to peace with himself, now keep us at peace with him and one another. Amen. Amen.